Good morning. Welcome to With God at Dawn. Today, Elijah and the Modern Church. Malachi 4, verses 5 and 6. Behold, I will send you, Elijah the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. The closing words of Malachi are a prophecy regarding the work that should be done preparatory to the first and second advent of Christ. Those who are to prepare the way for the second coming of Christ are represented by faithful Elijah, as John came in the spirit of Elijah to prepare the way for Christ's first advent. Our message must be as direct as was that of John. He rebuked kings for their iniquity. Notwithstanding the peril his life was in, he never allowed truth to languish on his lips. In this time of well-nigh universal apostasy, God calls upon his messengers to proclaim his law in the spirit and power of Elias or Elias. As John the Baptist, in preparing the people for Christ's first advent, called their attention to the Ten Commandments. So we are to give with no uncertain sound the message, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come. I believe John called attention to the commandments when he said, Repent and be baptized, and um, people repent of what? Of their sin, which is what the law calls attention to. So that's how he did that. But with the earnestness that characterized Elijah, the prophet, and John the Baptist, so we are to strive to prepare the way for Christ's second advent. The hour of God's judgment has come, and upon the members of his church on earth rests a solemn responsibility of giving warning to those who are standing, as it were, on the very brink of eternal ruin. I thought about how um, the disciples asked Jesus, I think, on the Mount of Transfiguration, um, when he was explaining some things to them, I think they said, but we thought that Elias must first come. And then Jesus agreed, yes, Elias did must first come, but he, in other words, he did come and the people rejected him. And then they realized he was talking about John the Baptist. So it was true that that prophecy of sending Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord applied to not only before the Messiah, but also before the end of the world. So it has a double application. All can do something in the work. None will be pronounced guiltless before God unless they have worked earnestly and unselfishly for the salvation of souls. Your duty cannot be shifted upon another. No one but yourself can do your work. If you withhold your light, someone must be left in darkness to their neglect. The Lord has a place for everyone in his great plan. Even if what you, ha what you have to do is faithfulness in your home, with your children, with your husband, with your neighbors, um, in your church, the Lord has a work for each one of us to do. So Jesus' disciples were taught to apply the Malachi prophecy to the coming of the Messiah, but they didn't have the New Testament prophecies or 
an understanding of the second coming of Jesus. So they applied all the prophecies that were in the Old Testament to the coming Messiah, including the ones that point to his second coming, and even the ones that point, that point to uh, the resolution of sin and the blessings on the new earth. So a similar thing is happening again because the prophecies that apply to the new earth after the resolution of sin are being applied to Jerusalem as a nation, which leads people to believe there's going to be peace for Jerusalem, they're going to rule the world, they're going to be God's people, etc., etc., because they've taken and applied the prophecies that were meant for after the resolution of sin, and they applied them to Jerusalem. And there are people who believe those things will happen to Israel. You know, and I don't know if Israel believes in the second coming, and I believe they're still looking for their Messiah. They may not believe there is such a thing as a second coming, but Christians do, and often we apply the same future, some future prophecies to God's delivered people to Israel also, even though we might be able to know better, but there's much confusion, and thus these churches are called Babylon, or confusion, the daughters of the harlot, the Catholic system, because they have been and are going back to the Catholic doctrines of error with the keeping of her festivals and worship days while believing that they are saved because they believe in Jesus and his mission on earth. But, you know, what we believe is not the same thing as what we live, is it? I realized that as a teenager when suddenly I had an aha moment. Just because I believed certain things, that didn't mean that's who I was. And when I looked at my lifestyle, I realized that I wasn't what I thought I was because you're not what you believe, you're what you are, right? So wherever you go, there you are. <clears throat> but our Bible verse referred to uh, God sending John Baptist before the great and terrible day of the Lord. That's a promise he's kept, isn't it? Because about the time of the opening of the little closed book of Daniel, God gave his church eyes in the raising up of Ellen White. You know, after two men refused when God called them, they refused. He called her because she was what he had to work with. <laughs> and to show that it was of God, Satan also raised up counterfeit prophets all over the world. And you'd be amazed how many churches suddenly showed up with a prophet at that time because he was bringing confusion. You can do a search. How many churches had a prophet or a prophet prophetess show up in the early 1800s all over the world? And you're just going to see what I'm saying. So, but <clears throat> the angel in Revelation said the little Advent movement would prophesy again. And we have the outpouring of the latter rain to look forward to when uh, God's chosen ones will go out in the spirit and power of Elijah. You can read, if you have either uh, the 1858 Great Controversy or Spiritual Gifts Volume 1, page 194-195 of the uh, 1858 tells of this outpouring with great power. And so otherwise you have Spiritual Gifts Volume 1, it's the same. So in 1858, people reprinted that little volume of um, spiritual gifts because it was an important volume and they wanted to get it out. And they separated it out by itself and got it out under the 1858, the great controversy between Christ and his angels and Satan and his angels. So there are stories about the publishing of this book 
with all through life over that. We read that in this time of well-nigh universal apostasy, God calls upon his messenger to proclaim his law. And though you and I may not be messengers, we are God's people, and we can do something in God's work. We can all do something. There's a promise in Hebrews 13, 16. Do not forget to do good and to share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Just to do good and share, we can do something. Let's close with prayer. Dear Jesus, please help your people, wherever they are, to take hold of this work and do earnestly what is in their hand to do. And you will bless them for this and be well pleased. Lord, we humble ourselves before you today, for each one of us knows that here at the end of time, in our condition of health and and problems that we all have, if we're not much for you to work with, speaking of myself, that you are going to bring your work to pass with using the people that are here just to show that it can be done. Indeed, it's going to be a powerful message to all the Omniverse. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, brothers and sisters. God bless you today. Thank you for joining me. I'll see you in the morning.